0: Good night, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Weekend Show. I'm Ken, and you'll be relieved to know that I am joined, as always, by my washed up co-host Garrett. Am I washed up because I'm going blind? Why are you going, what's wrong with your eye? (laughs) I don't know. freaking me out. You got pink eye. No, I I will go, because you can see it in the very corner, there's something very wrong with it. Okay. And I don't know, it's, it's, I'm dabbing it with salt water every so often to clean it out. I'm dying is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm pretty worried. You got a pink eye, and I from what? I don't know, feces. And yours? Oh, I, I interact with you a lot, I guess. Comes out of my mouth constantly. <laughs> I guess. Got him. I self-burned there before you could do it to me. I, I said, I no, I burned you before you burned yourself. I double burned. You're always burned. I burn your face, but yeah, my eye hurts. So. Yeah, but yeah, you're washed up. Why am I washed up? Because you're a failed child star. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> I don't know. Banana,
1: banana,
0: banana. banana. That's the peak of my contributions to society as a child. Cara thought he'd go big with the banana song. It didn't materialise. Unfortunately. If I was like a very cute six-year-old, I think I could go viral with it. Well, but YouTube didn't exist when we were younger. Yeah, now I'm 26 and it's just... Look at this desperate man craving attention. Alas. Coming up on this episode, we we bring you our take... On the major talking points of the week, as always, and in our feature segment, we explore the phenomenon of child stars from the big movies of our youth, who burned bright only to fade away from the limelight after a few short years. Are we a chum box now, Ken? It's a chum box. You know, on a website, when you see the the very clickbaity stories at the end of an article that are very obviously leading to other websites that are just clickbait generators. Yes, that's what they call a chum box. And nearly always in there, it's like, ex-childstar, you won't believe what they look like now. Yes, we are Chumcast, guy. We're desperate for listeners. We need people to click, so we're going to go low this week. So you can just literally put Childstars, where are they now in the title. And <laughs> Yes, I was about to say, we are going to ask the question, where are they now? Which is solidifying the fact that this is, in fact, a Chumcast. So we're going to judge people who are more successful than us than when they were younger, and might not still be as successful today. Or as we just never achieved any success. Ken? Yeah, but it is kind of a weird phenomenon. We'll talk about it later. I can't read. <laughs> Don't worry, I got gotcha. you. At first, I didn't read it anyway. But yeah, uh, I'm just gonna close my left eye and read it with my right. I'll read for you. Some top cast. Ah, uh, for God's sake! Some top. <laughs> stop laughing. Sorry. Some top class podcasting in store for you. But before we massage your ears with some beautiful content, Gar, how you doing? I like the way you, you put doing in the script, and you even said doing.
1: Yeah. Your dedication. How you have a dedication. doing?
0: I notice you've taken the number of times you say this week or the week out of the for the opening paragraph for the sake of language variety. I have. Because there was some part took your notes on board, Gar. Where it's just like, on the show this week, we're talking about this week, and this week is, you know, this week. Gar, you gave me notes, I took them on board. I like the way I criticize this, I don't write these things. Yeah. I God him. forbid you'd write a script for once. We're in the Podcast of the Week studios again, Ken. We are. Because we're going to see Pokemon today, and we're going to talk about that a lot more next week. We are, indeed. Go oh. down to Pokemon rabbit hole. I'm obsessed with Picross. What's Picross? Picross is kind of like a maths puzzle game. Now you were playing before we recorded. It, it seems to me like a fancy Sudoku. Yeah, it's kind of like Sudoku, where they give you like a, a number of rows and columns, and then on each of those is like a, a series of numbers. So if you have, say, a column of ten... And the, the, the numbers in it are, are 3 and 4. There's 3 followed by a space and 4 followed by a space in that column somewhere. So you have to work out using all the different columns where all the you mark one with an X and one with a, a blue or like a, a proper space. It's addictive. It's tremendous. And there, I bought two Picross games in the last, <laughs> last week, because I can't get enough of Picross. How long has Picross been around? I don't know. It's been around for ages. It's. I think it's Japanese, which of course it is. Of course it is. And there's like really fun different versions of Picross. Like there's 3D Picross, which takes the same thing but kind of puts it on a 3D scale. Like 3D chess. Yeah. And and when you when and it's like it's like whittling, and every time you you get one of the things right, it gets rid of the box and forms a shape. So at the end, it's like, look, I made a vase out of my math skills. It's amazing. Picross is like the best game of all time. How much does it cost? I think the, there was like seven and ten. It's not bad. for lots of big puzzles because one of them was more recently released than the other. It's like it's what you pay for like a physical puzzle book. So why yeah, not? but it's better cause... and you don't have to use your brain. Well, you do use your brain, but you look at the screen rather than a page. Well, the th- well the thing is, the screen tells you whether you're right or not. You know, if you I suppose the, the puzzle books might have a solution section. Yeah, to do. But at least uh, that that'll have instant feedback. It's like if you if you put thing something in the wrong space, it's like oh. I like that those games exist though, mm. because it's you know like the likes of brain training. And I always enjoyed those types of games. Yeah, Doctor Kawashima's brain training. The 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 theory is though, those games don't make you smarter. You just get better at the games. Yeah, you get kind of better at memorizing, basically, or kind of understanding the internal logic. But I suppose that, like, the idea is just you're working out your brain. Like well, it's problem solving which I don't do a ton of these days and, and maths which I don't do a ton of these days so when I'm looking at this 10x10 10 10 grid being like where are the numbers and there, there's times where it makes it like if you have 8 if it's a 10x10 10 10 grid Ken and the the number in the column is 8 you know at least the the middle like uh, 6 are going to be correct and then it's where on either side of that the other two are going to be and then you work that out using everything else so it's like there's little maths things it's pick cross I love it I was gonna say video games don't give you a chance to work your brain, but a good video game will, like the likes of Odyssey that we talked about in recent podcasts, that has elements where you do have to work your brain and come out with a solution. And yeah. we're seeing a, a trend in general of the kind of you know movement of education towards gamification. So I think it's uh, it's good. It's but even even like Call of Duty, which is objective, like as a game about shooting people. At least it 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 engages the brain. It's not mindless. You know, you you have to think, strategy and. Such. Well, it's just reactions. It's reflexes, you know? It's, it's not nothing. It's a, it's pro- I wonder, is there going to be, like, the video game generation, is there going to be, like, a brain effect on them from video games? Better for good or bad. Like, there, it's always, it's rotting the children's brains. But in terms of, like, you know the way uh, people always are, like, you keep the mind active to fend off stuff like dementia. Yeah. May, m- will video games be one of those things that maybe contributes to fending off... De- I don't know. <laughs> Well, video games have existed in, like, some form for about 40 years, conservatively now. I, I, I would have said in a mainstream, like, wide capacity. It's really only about 20. But, like, uh, since the NES, you would have said. So, yeah. 30 years. So, we've had a generation, and people are no less smart. People are probably getting smarter in some ways, you know. So Or stupider in a lot of other ways. <laughs> well, it, you know, if you have a population, you're going to have... You're going to have dumb, dumb people s- and smart people. So, who knows? But, yeah. Yeah, but Picross. Yep. Buy a picross. If you have a three D S you can buy Picross. If you have a Switch, you can buy pick Picross. I assume it's on PlayStation, but it's I was lying in bed last night and I I, I went to bed at around twelve because I was tired. And I dozed until two and woke up when the the, the worst kind of sleep, you know, when you wake up and can't go back to sleep. So I'm like, Terrible. I'm just gonna play Picross. What time did I go to bed after playing Picross, Ken? 6 a.m.? 6.30. Oh, my God. I just, like, one more puzzle. Just one more Picross. Just keep you in. How keep... long does a puzzle take on average? It depends. Uh, like, I'm still doing 10x10s. They go up to 15x50. Uh, maybe 20x20s. I don't know. Where, how, where does it stop? Who knows? But uh, Does it depend on the person? Or is there, like, a, an average time? Like, most of my, uh, my, those I've gotten through, most of the 10x10s I can get through in about two, three minutes. Right. And some of them are harder, you know, where they require more brain power, and you're like, oh, and you're just staring at it for ten minutes before you realise that, oh, I can do this and this, and then that causes a chain effect that makes you solve it. I think the longest I've gone is like six or seven minutes. Six or seven minutes. That's oh, good. On a Picross puzzle. Yeah, I think any longer you get a bit bored wouldn't you or a bit frustrated. Hmm. Garrett, this week we had Thanksgiving. I'm giving thanks for you, Ken. Move your foot. I'm giving thanks for you and our wonderful podcast, but... Inevitably, afterwards comes Black Friday. Did you buy anything? I didn't, because I'm broke. But, well, I did buy w- one or two things, but the thing I was going to mention is Black Friday emails are the worst. Oh, there's there's tons of them. And, like, I'm weird and that 90% of the emails that come into my inbox, I delete instantly. Me too. It's all, like, uh, something... I bought something from Nike once, and they're sending me an email, or the donkey people are still like, would you like to sponsor a donkey? It's all that fun stuff. But, I like, I could unsubscribe from those emails, and so I'm like... I get emails, I feel so good about myself. Yeah. So, ooh, it's like, ooh, uh, it's like that little endorphin hit, you're like, ooh, someone's, oh, no. <laughs> you just see the little number, it's like, oh, one. one, yay, I have an email. It's just someone trying to sell me some shit. Mm. I bought a TV. You did? I bought it because as you see the TV in the corner, I worry it might not fit. Yeah, that's what she said. Nice. <laughs> but I, the, the one there now is a 32 inch this is premium podcast not content talking about something people can't see but I have a TV in the corner it's a 32 inch I bought a 39 inch I can verify that it is a 32 inch go ahead you know about inches um, I do I bought a 39 inch and I think the stand is different so it'll fit yeah. the problem with that one is the stand is on the two sides of the TV rather than in the middle so hopefully it'll fit it was 280 euro I'll throw around the big bucks on Thanksgiving Kent how much was it initially I think it was 400 that's a pretty good saving assuming it was ever actually 400 <laughs> although i'm slightly dubious that like in the months coming up to thanksgiving or black friday they, they put up the price and then just put it back down to the normal price to seem like there's been a reduction mm. or they they just say like the manufacturer's recommended price is 400 we were never charging that but this is the price we'll list when we're listing how much we're reducing it from yeah it just shows how much they can sell it for and so they can profit yeah or at least i'm going to uh, yeah Really? When you think about that, it's just like, aren't you just ripping me off for the, uh, the rest of the year? Yeah, we're just being scammed the whole time. Unless you wait until things are on offer, which are you one of those people who's like, I'll oh, wait until it's on offer. I'm a buy it now kind of guy because I'm stupid. If I have the money, I'll just buy it. If I want it, I'll just buy it. Yeah, I'm financially irresponsible. I'm not like one of the, I'm like I won't even shop around for things. I'm the worst consumer. I'm just like I want this thing. It's on Amazon. That's easy. Buy. <laughs> Yeah, that's what Amazon basically prey on, and that's why they're most valuable company in the world. Mm. Black Friday, yeah, it's kind of a weird phenomenon because it was a solely American thing only till like a couple of years ago, and now everybody uses it as a kind of a gimmick to sell stuff before Christmas. It has infested. It has infested the world because, yeah, like uh, the, the the day after Thanksgiving being like the big American shopping day is like. That goes back further than Black Friday. Then they yeah. made into a thing with Black Friday. Then Cyber Monday spawned out of that. And then we we're like, we can make a fake holiday to sell people things. So we did it too. <laughs> yeah, but Black Friday takes on a whole different meaning in the U.S. because like there's usually there wasn't any this year, but there's usually a report of one or two people dying in crushes or fights. And yeah, stuff like that. You, you've seen the videos in the past of people stampeding into Walmart to get their half price blender. It's like. But it's a, it's, a, it's like the parody of people fighting over Christmas shopping, except yeah. it's real. <laughs> if someone was willing to punch me in the face to get something that I wanted, I'd be like, yeah, take it. Okay, It's fine. Who cares? I don't need this freaking half price uh, fidget spinner. <laughs> I don't know. Well, my girlfriend's birthday is next week and she wanted boots. So happy I birthday, guess, Nicole. Happy birthday, Nicole. Love you. She wanted boots. It was her mom's birthday uh, two days ago, by the way. Happy birthday, mom! Happy birthday, mom. 60. I know. 60 years young. But she wanted boots uh, for the winter, and I got them for like 15 quid off. So I was like, yeah, it's good. Practical. Yeah. Boots and kits and boots and kits and boots and kits. I was going to pay full price, but, you know, it's a it's still a birthday present. It's still what she wanted. <laughs> so. I still love her, I swear. The only other thing I bought was I've been kind of getting back into using Audible recently because they've got some good mm-hmm. Doctor Who audio stories. Oh, the the Big Fish ones. Yes, are they Big, good? Big Finish. Big Finish. Yes, Big Fish. It's what? a game company. Isn't uh, yeah, it? I think so. Big Fish Games. Yeah, but yeah, I've been listening to that and Audible. Like, basically, I had a few books already because you subscribe and you get credits every month and I just mm-hmm. forgot to unsubscribe as is my trend yes as they that's how, that's how they get you and I used up those and I never listened to them so I, I started listening through a few of the books you know this as an alternative to podcasts and mm-hmm. I got back into it and one thing about Black Friday that's good is that you know things like that like streaming services often have deals as well it's usually like three months for 99 cents that's the Spotify one that gets you every year and then they get you for the year and audible noticed that i've been using it again recently <laughs> you can tell that, like their algorithm hit and saw that i've been u- sending emails send them emails <laughs> like a spike in usership or usership or user, what usership is all right yeah I'll, I'll, I'll take that and they're like send out the mass emails send yeah. so they offered me half price for four months i was like okay i'll take it that's fine so you can do the, the the beauty is you can buy a book every month like mm-hmm. and At the moment, I'm paying about 5 euros, and the average book is about 20, 25, so... really, it's just free books. It's essentially free books. You're losing money if you don't subscribe. And for me, I don't really, like, most books I will read, the the physical copy, because I'm not that lazy. But things like autobiographies, especially if they read them themselves, or, you know, the Doctor Who audio stories, I, I will enjoy those... And the subscription with Audible now contains... We're not sponsored by Audible, by the way. <laughs> we're the only podcast that isn't. Usually, they have original content these days and what they call audio shows, which is their version of podcasts. Podcast. The reason I mention it is, uh, with my first credit card, I bought Uncommon Type by Tom Hanks. He's book of short stories, which he wrote. Which are year. all about typewriters. Yeah, well, it, they basically he shoehorns in some reference <laughs> to a, a typewriter. So that is a bit of a gimmick, but the crux here is that the audiobook is read by Tom Hanks I would like I hope I, I assume he's done other audiobooks besides his own I don't know I would imagine so I'm gonna look up audiobooks performed by Tom Hanks just cause I can so I can listen to his voice and take comfort from the world yeah i had been meaning to buy the book but I don't think I'd enjoy it as much as if I I'm Tom Hanks I'm here to make you feel better about yourself while I read these stories I wrote he builds uh, you're like... my favourite deputy Ken <laughs> exactly. <He's, laughs> the smile on your face there is just like, <gasps> he, did he actually say that? It's because Woody is reading me bedtime stories, Gary. Pretty much. The stories are fine. They're, he kind of writes about everyday life, and he's very descriptive, and he's very good at building worlds. And some of the stories are callbacks, so like, he'll have a story earlier in the book, and then there's another story about those people later in the book. So mm. it's not just 17. It's 17 chapters, with 17 stories, not just but they're not some are interconnected some are interconnected so and Tom Hanks is reading them and it lulls me off to sleep in a wonderful fashion because I remember when he when the book released he did an interview with Linda Holmes of Pop Culture Happy Hour and it's like this is the most delightful man in the history of mankind he's like he's one of those people that if there's something like he did that that, that will crush me and crush my spirit and soul I will be so sad yeah, if like, the Me Too movement gets him, like obviously if he deserves it, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, but it will it will break my heart if Tom Hanks isn't just the, the bastion of goodness in the world. Yeah. The only other thing I bought was, see these exact pair of shorts I have? Yes. They're getting a little raggedy. So I bought a replacement exact same pair of shorts. You're a man of simple <laughs> taste, Scar. I do that. It's like, if I like a, a particular piece of item and clothing, I'll wear it to death. And then if I still like it, I'll be like... I'm just going to replace it with the exact same one. Man of habit. Mm. Man of routine. There's nothing wrong with that, though, Gar. Then I am. One more thing I wanted to mention. It's back for a second season, Gar, on Channel 4 in the UK. You can find it on all four, but you'll probably find it online as well somewhere. Is Lego Masters. Mm-hmm. It's basically Bake Off, except with Lego. Oh, okay. So they just give you a bunch of Lego and say, make this. Your task, your task is to make a castle out of this Lego. Yeah, so it's like 18 stars start. Like, they range from kids all the way up to adults. Mm-hmm. Affols, or adult fans of LEGO, are that's a, sometimes quite strange. That's a terrible name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an affol. Yeah. It's basically the, the modern form of anorak. Okay. So they compete in challenges over a few weeks to win a LEGO tr- trophy. So it's, like, literally a trophy. A trophy made of LEGO? Yeah. Of course. And they work in a workshop that has one million bricks in it of all different kinds. That's too many bricks. So... That's so much choice. It's, it's, How do you find the brick you want in a workshop of one million bricks? It's difficult, but they're all in bins and color-coded and all this. It took that's a lot of work. Like, I need this one brick! That's kind of part of the... like. That's one of the things that adds tension when they're like, I can't find the piece I need. <laughs> but it's funny to see like, ad- like adults having a complete meltdown and then children like just enjoying themselves. <laughs> Kids are like, I'm building my dream house! And the hell, like, it has to be perfect! Yeah, one of the, the contestants... This year, or one of the groups this year, was a, a husband and wife. They were the first to go, thankfully. Okay. Both of, they have two builds per episode, so it's like an unplanned build, which they have to do with their imagination. Mm. And then there's a planned build, which is like they get a to chance a to detailed specification. Yeah, and both theirs were based on their love, and they just talked how about how do you how much judge Lego? Are. <laughs> how are you like? hmm, No, no, I don't get it. <laughs> well, no mostly it's uh, they. Judge structure, variety, storytelling, things like that. <laughs> storytelling, <laughs> you see, but like then they criticize you if you overuse the storytelling in that you kind of replace imagination oh, with minifigures. Yeah, you you you, you lean very heavily on the storytelling in this. I feel like you you use that as a substitute for build quality. Anyway, I was talking about a couple that were in love, and like, it was and you all, hate them, yeah. They were well, there wasn't much imagination to their builds. They're like, oh, look how much we're in love, and then they're like big old piece of shit you built they did one of those pre-tapes where they went back to their house uh-huh. and there's a like, house built of lego no but disappointing but they've got two kids and they're making lego with their kids and the kids are just being kids because they're very small and like mm. adding bits on everywhere and the dad's like no takes it off and throws it away like <laughs> it's like their kids are gonna be like so repressed or hate them in the future because they're like don't play just build this in an exact specific build the exact specific no i can't say it specification that's it like that, I have planned, or else sit there in a the corner and don't participate. <laughs> this is not a joyful activity. This is specific, down to the very last piece of Lego. I think it's like the, building things with dad, really. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's good for your mind in a sense. Like building a kit and you know, following a plan is good, but I think more growth comes from like Just, here's a bunch of do what you want. Yeah, and even if it doesn't make sense, if it makes sense to the kid in their head, that's you know, that's almost even better. <laughs> Lego are actually releasing those kind of kits these days they're just like random kits they're not mm. to be made into anything they're just like pieces that you can you know build any way you want and I think those are really cool I'm going to get some of those from for nieces and nephews of my girlfriend this year mm. because kits are great and they love the kits and they like the thing building the thing at the I end of it i build a DeLorean but at the same time I don't think it, it fosters as much as imagination of have it, having endless options in front of you and no restrictions mm. so Lego Masters I recommend you find it I think there's going to be a US version eventually. so And it will be probably more competitive and you'll hate it more. Yeah. Just like all American versions of UK <laughs> reality shows. You'll have like Lego Gate where a kid sabotages another <laughs> kid's <laughs> of course. Lego by putting out a brick or something like that. I'm going to shoehorn in a news story, Ken. Go ahead, Ger. Uh Ireland, sacked, well sacked. It's, it's debated whether they sacked or walked. But, but manager Martin O'Neill has gone from Ireland. I was going to mention that, actually, yeah. Yeah, and he has been replaced. At least, it hasn't been signed, sealed, and delivered, but it's been, I think, agreed in principle. By Mick McCarthy. Yes. Which people, I think, are generally rather upset at. <laughs> if you're not familiar, Mick McCarthy was our manager previously. 98-03 or something about that. Yeah. That Led good. us to a World Cup, yeah. which was a famous kind of achievement, because we've only gone to three World Cups. Yes. Yeah, and we haven't gone to one since. So... I uh, like he was the manager that brought Keane and Duffin to the side and given, you know, found well, maybe not found those players, but were at least willing to uh, to give those players a prominent space in the team. For me, I think it's about finding those players now. So I would forget about qualification. I would forget about tournaments for at least a generation or two, like possibly two cycles, eight to ten years, and just focus on building a squad and unearthing players. Because if you look at the most kind of prominent uh, analogy, it would be uh, Belgium. Mm -hmm. insert uh, Jeff Daniels from the newsroom shouting Belgium anyway where in 2000 they had a good team then they went away for basically 10 years and came back with a world beating team yeah where would they get all those footballers from I'm convinced because I know Belgium has a a widespread immigration policy that draws from many many countries I'm convinced they just went to those countries and started kidnapping good football children (laughs) yeah they have a fairly lax citizenship policy as well if you'll remember if you'll remember a lot of players that come from outside the EU We'll go to Belgium to kind of get their papers. Yeah. All power to them. They built a football team. Like, I, I think Martin O'Neill did broadly a good job with the side, with what he had. I think Roy Keane should never have been part of that squad. No. I think in the, not in a million years. But the biggest criticism of Martin O'Neill for me is that he didn't even try to find a new generation of players. And he actively benched players that could have been useful to us, like Wes Hoolihan. Wes you your aim, dumping now are you? Wes Hoolihan is <laughs> thirty-five-year-old Wes Hoolihan was the solution to every Irish footballing problem. It's just, it's not just that, but there's a fella called Doherty that plays for not Doherty if you're English, that plays for Wolves, very mm-hmm. good defender, and like there was doubt whether he'd make the squad either. It's like why he's he's phenomenal. Yeah, we, because yeah, that, that's my big criticism. Because if you looked at Chris Coleman's reign over Wales, the big thing he did, obviously he had Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale who were two. Well, well, Ramsey's alright. But Bale's a world-class player. But the the thing he did, and I think Giggs is still doing after him, is bringing in new young players. And ours might be crap, but we should start trying to find them. We should widen the search as well, like look other places, because there's an Irish... Obviously, a generation or two ago, there was an Irish diaspora, so there might be some players... Farther afield than we think. You're like go to America. It's like no, they don't teach people to be good at soccer in America. Well, you see, they play as kids, and there's like there is a strong college circuit there as well. Mm-hmm. So, I think like if you look like the likes of Pulisic, you know, there, there's a chance that you could find somebody. Because the thing that the the if you look at Irish soccer that doesn't add up is nearly every kid in this country plays soccer. Yeah, and more to a higher level than others, but there there should be more good. Quality Irish football. I know we funnel a lot into rugby. We funnel too much into the GAA, <laughs> which that's my. Uh, that's the reason we're not uh, as good as at international sports. Well, it's as funny. We it's kind be. of a, it's kind of a generational thing because in the early nineties, the, the football team was successful, and, and then we had a, a generation afterwards that mm. was a golden generation. In the last ten or so years, the rugby team has come of age and become very successful. So everyone wants to play rugby, exactly. So we have. A lot of our young players are very, very exciting now because... Are we the best team in the world now? It's not uh, on the rankings, but... But we beat the number one team, so... We, yeah, I think unofficially we are. Yeah. But I think Martin O'Neill as well just ran out of ideas. The last year had been dreadful. Like, it's it's been properly dreadful. It's not like, oh, we played well but had bad results or we've been unlucky. It's just been dire. I don't think we've scored a goal in... Is it six games or something? Four games. Four games? It's... Ugh... Nil-nil draws, hammered by Wales it's, it was bad and I think it was time for him to go. I mean we can't play a flowing expansive style of football because we showed against Denmark in the World Cup playoffs that when we tried that we just got hammered and we have to kind of stay I I think our but The best problem is we, we can't go too far on the other side. You know be or, too defensive w- w- we or we one route. We just sit there for, until the end of time. I think you stay tight at the back and play out from the back and play the ball and keep on to the ball and they're just long ball stuff. Mm. But anyway, yeah, Mick McCarthy is back in Ireland. Yeah. In first, I, I I always give him like that Ipswich team he was managing was basically an Ireland B team at the yeah. end. Like he, he still always gave Irish players a shot and I don't know, who cares? Who who better are you gonna get? Yeah, there's talk of Sam Allardyce, but no. he's tainted. There is talk of the only other person I would have said that would have been really good for the job didn't want it would be Chris Hutton, who manages Brighton mm-hmm. at the moment. Or the, the Dundalk manager who's achieved great success. I would bring him in as the assistant. to I'll give him the job. Would, well, would like you, if, if you're if you're talking about wanting to bring young Irish players through, what better than a manager who he manages in the Irish League? But there's an argument that he hasn't managed at the top level. Who cares? But Neither is Mick McCarthy, really. If you bring him, if <laughs> I you, was Wolves manager. Yeah. If you bring him in as the assistant, though, you could kind of, with a view to him taking over eventually. Unlike Roy Keane, who should never manage that team yeah he like in one way he inspires discipline but also uh, I don't know how ha- no one has, likes them I don't have the amount of fear no one wants to actually work for him it's just like oh Roy I'd imagine like people just dreaded interacting with Roy and not in like the I'll play better way but in the I want nothing to do with this way yeah so his way doesn't really work anymore anyway back to our actual news stories you picked out uh, first one this week, Garrett bitcoin hits a 14 month low after a weekly fall of 23 percent what's happening with bitcoin why is it collapsing so last year it hit a peak in around this time last year december 2017 yeah, there was some bitcoin madness last year twenty thousand dollars per bitcoin now the way Bit- bitcoins work is that some plural of bitcoin you, is bitcoin sorry <laughs> thanks Karen. you're welcome <laughs> you can own a portion of one you don't have to have a, a whole one so yeah. you can, but now it sits at around 4200 now. It's still an awful lot of money. But Especially if you bought it in 2010 for like 50 cents. <laughs> it dropped 78% in, in a year. The fall follows a sudden plunge last week that shook Bitcoin out of a period of relative stability. Where prices that had hovered around the $6,500 mark for several months. Uh, Bitcoin is now at its lowest level since October 2017. Ripple XRP and Ethereum Ether which is two other types of made up coins (laughs) yeah electronic coins or what do they call them cryptocurrencies that's it Uh, the second and third largest coins fell as well by 14 and 16% respectively before clawing back some of the losses traders and market makers blame Bitcoin slide on heavy selling at leverage exchanges in Asia and Hong Kong so like the the Asians seem to be dumping their Bitcoin which affected the value yeah. Like, I I will forever insist, I think Bitcoin has to fail for cryptocurrency to succeed. It has to be the bit martyr as such? Yeah, but I, I think there's... I think crypto martyr. I should said crypto martyr. <laughs> I think Bitcoin just has too much baggage at this stage, and it's too volatile, and I don't think people... I just don't think people trust cryptocurrency yet, except the young people who do illicit activities on the internet, but... The thing is, it is the way of the future because well, yeah, cash is dying. Yeah, but like, uh, like as I have my my bank card, I was teaching economics this time last year. We talked a lot about Bitcoin and and I was like going through the uh, the principles of money about uh, uh, scarcity and uh, divisibility and all that stuff, but. What's the, the this, well, like, this thing in my hand, this this bank card, which is expiring next month, actually, uh, is how we'll pay for everything in about 10 years. Like, cash will go away. Everything will be, it'll probably move off the card onto the phone and probably be very easy to hack. And that's going to be a whole other problem we'll have to handle in the next 20 years. But, yeah. It's already a problem because there are people scamming cards, you know, because... Apparently, there's these readers you can get, and you can if you get close enough to someone's car, you can kind of skim money off. Oh, there's the contactless kind of thing. Yeah, which yeah, the contact contactless seems like it's a scammer's dream, but it's also very convenient. So who cares? Yeah, and it's, I don't even have to put it in and punch the numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's thirty euro at the moment. I think that's enough. Mm. The whole point of Bitcoin is that it's not in one central place, and everybody who engages with Bitcoin keeps a ledger, and that ledger contains tra- all the transactions. Of everyone else well it is a, it's, it's in one central place but it's not controlled by anybody yeah like mining bitcoin is basically you you, put, you say my, you can use my computer to keep the bitcoin network going that's what people mean by mining bitcoin and if you do that you might there is a chance a very small chance and a smaller and a smaller chance by the year because of the number of bitcoin and the way they're released that you will be, get a bitcoin so, so when, when people say oh I'm mining a bitcoin it basically means that you're running a program in a computer that basically runs the servers for bitcoin because there's no central Bitcoin. Bitcoin is is not a person. It's not a bank. There's no one underwriting it. It's basically we've set up these rules for this currency, and this is how it's going to run. And no one runs it. But the rules are this: the rules are the rules, and the value is the value. There's also a finite amount as well. I think it was. It's like seventeen thousand or something, isn't it? Yeah, I was speculated around that, and I I knew a lot more about this last year. <laughs> yeah, they were saying that it's going to run out in the near future. Like it's coming up to. No, it's it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a long a while before it runs out. I think it's like twenty one forty or something by the time it runs out. Yeah. But but the amount they release decreases year on year. Okay, so that's why. Yeah. So that's that that's scary. how they enforce the scarcity. People are betting on FOMO. Is is what it is. It's all just made. I don't know. They, why do they have such dumb name? A Bitcoin, am I right with? But FOMO and and what is it? Trillium. These what the make up better currency names? You big doofs. That's also. Probably a contributing factor as well that we have so many uh, cryptocurrencies that, you know, Bitcoin is, it's is kind of dividing the market. So Bitcoin is worth less mm. just by default. It's more, but it's not the, the the single dominant. What's the, what's the cat one? I don't know. There's a, uh, is a cat or a dog? There, there, where you, you basically, it's an emoji cryptocurrency <laughs> where you buy certain emojis and some are worth more than others. And that's the, that's the the scarcity model. <laughs> and people buy and sell the dumb cat emoji to each other. Maybe I'm old school. And I, as I said, I do agree that it, it could be a possible model for currency in the future as it moves from physical to digital. Mm-hmm. But I'm more of a bird in the hand type of guy. I'm not going to... It's it's gambling. At the moment, it's gambling, basically, isn't it? It's too volatile to... like. Uh, if If the euro value fluctuated like that... People would be like, "I'm never going to spend a euro in my life because a euro, When you have one euro today, you have no idea how much it's going to be worth a year from now." And that 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 lack of stability means that it's really only for criminals, yeah. criminals and investors is what Bitcoin is for these days. A friend managed to get a hold of a portion of one, mm. and he sold it recently for six thousand. So nice. You know, he he gained on it. I think that, you know, the temptation can be to kind of cling on to see, you know, if there's another one of these kind of historic spikes. But I think. If you're comfortable with it and you're happy with the amount, I think you just dump it. Uh, I wouldn't dump it at the moment. it will probably go back up. But. Yeah, not now. But like, I think don't speculate on the future. Like, whatever is your is your number, just sell it at that number. You know, if it because it could be a chance that like, that's that's the big thing, isn't it? The big unknown. There could be a chance that. Everybody just kind of says, "No, I'm done with Bitcoin, and that's it." That, that's the thing. The oh, and this is the case, the case is not just with Bitcoin, but every 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 currency. The value is only the value that you put in it. I have a five euro note on my desk right now. Ken, how much is this worth? A fiver. It's worth a fiver. Everyone knows that. Everyone agrees on that. A fiver is a fiver. You know relatively how much you can get for a fiver. Bitcoin, same thing. You know, it's it's the same principle. The problem is. I don't think it's ever gonna become a prevailing currency for the simple reason I don't think enough people are going to use it or trust it as a currency. If, I, if, this, if, if the Irish economy, well, not the Irish economy, it'd have to be Europe, European economy. If the European economy was in collapse, and I would say, uh, here, Ken, you can have a fiver of euros or a fiver of dollars, which would you take? You take the dollars because you take the more stable currency. That's the way this works. And like like Bitcoin is far too volatile to ever actually be a trustable reliable currency for like the average human being. Which is the reason as I said it's only a currency for criminals and investors. (laughs) I think the movement towards cryptocurrencies as a form of you know international currency and uh, national currency will come from like the likes of the EU or America or banks. Whereas like you know, they'll decide one day that to phase out euro notes and euro will become a cryptocurrency. Yeah. But uh, you see, the euro is underpinned by something, it's underpinned by the European Central Bank and the European Union. Cryptocurrency, uh, like Bitcoin, is not underpinned by anything. Its value doesn't come from, like the, uh, it's if you know the the idea that you can go in and buy a certain amount of gold. That's the gold standard. That doesn't exist anymore. But like, like that's where value for currency comes from. It's underpinned by banks. It's underpinned by governments. And crypto, crypto, all cryptocurrencies are underpinned by nobody. So that's the reason that the fluctu, the value fluctuates and it goes all over the place. And people are are desperate to make money on it. And as I said, for a third time, Ken. Criminals and investors (laughs) If you're a criminal investor Fair play to you But I'm Yeah both (laughs) I'm going to keep my money I'm going to stay out of this uh, Bitcoin race Mm -hmm. In entertainment news Trailer season continues As the teaser clip For next year's Reimagining of the Lion King I'm not calling it A live action remake That's the the thing This is my thing watching And I I have no problem With the film But the, The idea that this is Like a live action film Is absurd This is just much 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 Fancier animation Yeah, there's no real stuff. Uh, They might take... They might composite, you know... Rocks. They might get a couple of rocks to put in there or something. Or they might have taken footage somewhere in the wild and kind of composited it with animation. Because at the very least, like you could say the same about the Jungle Book, but the Jungle Book at least had one human being actor in it. (laughs) With You know, everything else was created around him, but at least it had one. (laughs) That must have been a very lonely set. (laughs) Yeah, whereas like this is literally just CGI animals. It's literally just a, a much fancier... Uh, remake of The uh, Lion King. And I saw somebody being like, oh, I'm so happy I finally get to see what these characters look like in real life. It's like, they look like lions. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, that's just, that's, it's not like Pikachu where it's like, Pikachu's not a real thing. I don't have a reference point for what Pikachu in the real world looks like. I have a very good reference point for what lions in the real world look like and because lions exist. Yeah, that's dumb. I saw a lot of the reaction from fans and I'm taking this solely from a lot of my circle on social media. It's been excited. Oh yeah, I think it's a fun... Like, the trailer needed to have two... Well, only needed to have two things. James Earl Jones, which it did, and one of the Elton John songs, which it did. I think one of the other things that they've done is, as while it's kind of photorealistic and you know, you know, mimicking real life, mm. it still has a cuteness to it. Oh yeah, the the, the, the animals will have personality They will charm. It won't be like planet Earth with the animals talking. That's, that's not what they're going for. <laughs> that would be slightly jarring and... The annoying thing for me is like while I have some reservations because watching the trailer, I'm not sure if I can still or I'm not I'm not sure if I can emotionally connect to it as much as I did with the Lion King, even though it's obviously less realistic. Mm. Which sounds strange, but I have an investment in that yeah. that I'm not sure I have in this. But People I like cartoons. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing that annoys me like all these think pieces and these critiques are coming out online in the major, you know critique and I believe they call it yeah and one of the ones I saw I think it was from AV Club was oh the trailer is drab it doesn't have the colours of the the original it's like the original is a literal moving painting <laughs> And like it's a trailer, and also like it's it's not supposed to be the same, you know. Yeah. What what's the if this film is and like that would be a critique of the trailer. Like I think I saw an IGN video putting like a shot by shot versus the film, and it looks the same except nicer. And I'm like, uh, if you're just gonna do that, who cares, you know? Yeah, and like the voice cast is very good. Do, you, do they they do have to change it up a bit? I think they're like in terms of the structure, they're not putting in as many songs. One like the, these these have been very faithful. Yeah. Like these these live action remakes have been probably faithful to a fault. So we'll see where this one ends up. One bit that I hope stays in the movie because I think it's very important is the bit where Mufasa returns to Simba. To they, that's in the trailer it. though, isn't it? They they hint at it, so I hope it stays in the same format. Remember who you are, Simba. Because it's a pivotal point in the movie, and it's actually my favorite part of the movie, besides maybe the end mm. where he ascends to the throne. And actually in the original script, fun fact, it wasn't in it. Really? Rafiki just convinces Simba to go back. Well, Rafiki is a dope. So it's funny because like, I, re- I read a lot about The Lion King because it's one of my favorite films. I'm really interested in animation and Disney animation in particular. And it's funny how they make these really pivotal decisions that seem to make sense now. But if they didn't make them, they wouldn't be the same film. But they all seem to make the right choice. Yeah, that's good creators. Yeah. Like one uh, classic example just not to get off point was originally Beauty and the Beast was not a musical just a faithful adaptation which was really boring yeah I saw the rushes like the, the rough animation of the first 20 minutes uh, I think it's Jeffrey Katzenberg who was in charge of DreamWorks was in charge of Disneyland mm. uh, they were producing it in London and they went over to he went over to view them and he was like this is boring start again <laughs> so he fired everyone in London and they started again so they, they are notorious for that uh, you will see in recent years directors getting fired and I know people think Disney are harsh but they get results so mm. Ken cried at Beauty and the Beast by the way I did I got, in fact that's a segment we talked about doing in future weeks The things you cried at yeah Didn't well we? we cried at yeah we talked about doing like pieces of pop culture in our childhoods or even now that we cried at did we alright Ken's a coward he cried and he, he couldn't embrace his own feelings he went behind the couch to cry. I, I vividly remember this watching Beauty and the Beast yeah. he went to hide behind the couch to cry <laughs> that bit at the end got me when he thought he was dead oh uh, one last thing that on that note, Gar, we have a, a, with the trailer comes an official release date of July 19, 2019. Mm-hmm. Well, so we have that. We have Detective Pikachu, which is the film event of the year. Also, I guess, The Avengers. Toy Story. We have Star Wars. By so, the way, can we point out, all of the films except Detective Pikachu, you just mentioned, are made by Disney. Yeah. But well, that's going to be a growing trend as we go through the future years. Well, you got Star Wars, you got Pixar, you got freaking... Uh, Marvel and you got the just the big Disney film. Oh wait, it's all Disney. Damn it, they own everything. <laughs> they own everything you love, including you, probably. Moving on to our last story this week, Gar. Do you think Disney will buy the rights to the Weekend Show? I hope so. Make a film like like Gimlet had Homecoming turned into a film or a TV show this recently. So. But Zach Braff. Meh. Mm. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I would sell out even for a very small amount of money just to be part of the Disney oh, that's family. A, that's a different show oh yeah the Gimlet has two TV shows I haven't watched the Zach Brack one yet is that on t- on TV yet I don't think so I think it's a mid-season one or like a All right. Christmas one or like post-Christmas mm. yeah. go on last new story bit of a strange one like we we like to have a bit of an odd one at the, at the last story of the week the Leaning Tower of Pisa is very slowly reducing its lean say experts well it's, it's not They're they're actively reducing it aren't they yeah, they're taking steps to lean it a little less so it doesn't eventually collapse. Part of the preservation work has caused it to not lean as much, so it's straightened by about four centimeters or one point five inches, says Professor Nunziante Scoligia Nailed it. I'd never heard of that Italian name, but it's not as tilted as it was. There's not much to the story. It's just kind of odd. The leaning tower pizza is not going to fall over as soon as we thought it would. Well, won't that be a day when that building finally is just like, all right, I've had it. And I assume they'll probably stop it from happening, but I think it's kind of funny. This is like, the Leaning Tower of Pisa has collapsed. This is inevitable. It's been coming for hundreds of years, and it's finally happened. A lot of research is being done as well into trying to predict when it will happen, because mm. obviously if they can prevent it, they're going to try and do that. I don't obviously, think we should prevent it. Well, <laughs> that's what the work has all been about, but... Part of predicting it is, is making sure that nobody's around when it does happen because yeah, it could fair, be calamitous. Fair, fair enough. Hopefully, you know, let it collapse in a safe way. But I think we should just let it plummet to the floor. I think it'll probably get to the point where it's irretrievable and they knock it down. No, it has to fall. That's like that's like a, an arc of humanity to allow the leasing the, the the leaning tower the the leasing tower of Lisa to collapse. <laughs> yeah, you're mixing up uh, famous things there, Gar. I think you're mixing up the Mona Lisa. and They should put her face on it yeah and then the weight will cause it the collapse and then we'll all be like this is a metaphor for the hubris of humanity <laughs> it's a sign of the apocalypse I'm going to start that cult now that the collapse of the le- 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 Leading Tower of- I did it as a gag last time and now I can't even say it Leading Tower of Pisa uh, is, is a-, a, for- a harbinger of doom and destruction and annihilation and the devil's going to come or something I don't know I'll fill fil- I'll flesh that and form a-, a fake bible around it the Order of Pisa <laughs> Yeah. Nice. That's it. That's all the stories we have for this week. Sure is. Yeah. Except we're going to judge people for not being as successful as they should have been. Yes. Forgotten child stars. Where are they now? <laughs> Chumcast at its finest. Yes. We were talking about this recently, Gary. Because it's funny how these kids are so embedded in our consciousnesses. Consciousnesses? Conscious eye. We should just say consciousness, sorry. You know, they're as, they're pivotal parts of our favourite childhood movies yet their time in the spotlight having been so short and long since ended they're kind of always there but they're it's weird they you don't have a relationship die Ken with them. they don't disappear. well <laughs> like some of them do <laughs> well yeah some do I guess but it's like after after they starred in Star Wars they were removed from society and sequestered in a building inevitably to die yeah so we just remember them how they were <laughs> It all started when we saw Jurassic Park in concert and realized that we had no idea what became of those kids who played the, the main parts. What did become of those kids, Ken? Gar, it's in the segment. Oh, yay! <laughs> We're going to find out. A- I left it to the end. It's going to be like a big thing. It is a big reveal. The big two line. Someone's Googling it now. Don't stop it. Stop. You have to wait. A few. Just one note before we begin. My research has taught me that nearly all child stars have to have three names. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's the law. I'm looking at the script, Ken, and I only see one person with three names. <laughs> well, I, some of them had three names and I cut them out so they're more recognisable names. Okay. Well, everyone has three names. I'm Garrett Michael Kidney, but I never go by that Garrett Michael your, Kidney. That would be your child star name. All right. Or Garrett Michael Kidney. Or Kenneth. What's what's your what's your middle name? Paul. Paul. <laughs> Paul. Anyway, get ready to say, it. ah. That's, that's what we're trying to invoke in this segment, Garrett. People go... Yeah. And in fairness, if you look up enough websites online or clickbait or even Wikipedia, you can find this stuff out for yourself, but we're putting it in one central source view. Also, I haven't read this, so it's a, I'm going to have these ah uh, moments as well. And before I start, there's tons and tons and tons of child stars. We couldn't possibly go through them all, but we're focusing on the more notable ones. Did you only pick failures, by the way? Not failures, but people who didn't go anywhere? No, there's a few that actually will surprise you. Okay. So the first is... Jonathan Lipnicki of Stuart Little and Jerry Maguire is this kid still adorable no it's weird he looks kind of like a child but a man also okay it's like when you see Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle apparently he's still been acting in film and television I've never seen him pop up in anything apparently he was in Monk which I kind of watch sometimes was that a USA show I can't remember. It was I that... feel like it's spiritually a USA show, even if it's not a USA show. It's that one with Tony Schlob Schlob is it's that up there with, like Burn Notice and what's that other one? Not Psych. The other detective it's one. Suits. Not Suits. Rizzoli and Isles. No, no. Oh, that's TNT. Never mind. What's that other big detective show that was on about the detective and he's a detective? It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's that's like a description of most of the shows on USA. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he's also an intern's of field, which sounds like a ripoff of Shield. Yeah, that does sound made up. He's also been spending his time practicing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So there's like, so he could beat the shit out of you. Yeah, there's pictures surfacing of him online with his shirt off. and He's like all oh, ripped now. I hate when these people. But he's still are really jacked. short. They shouldn't allow. They shouldn't let the cute children become jacked. It's unfair. He's still super short though, so I think he's got a bit of a complex going for himself. But mm. uh, yeah, that's what he's doing. Next one, Gar, is Dante Basco, who was Rufio in Hook. Bangarang, Ken. Bangarang is the coolest word ever. Bangarang. He's been keeping busy with many different types of roles, including Zuko in the popular Avatar The Last Airbender series. So he's mostly done voice work, but he's also appeared in things like Entourage and Community. Hmm. I can't remember him in Community, can you? No. Did he say Bangarang. If he said banger I remember him. If he had the spiky mullet haircut as well yeah. with the red in it. It's like a lot of a lot of these people tend to do go into the voice work like Johnny Young Bosch from Power Rangers. Yeah. Uh, played Adam in like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and like he was super successful. He's in like every single animated thing ever. Yeah. But it makes sense because you know there's always work in voice work. Hmm. Charlie Corsmo who was Jack and Hook who uh, The Kid and Hook the kid who is Peter Pan's male child. Quick side fact, I tried to look up the the girl. There's not much about her. She just kinda of left Hollywood and she's a normal life. She's off the grid. Yeah. How many of these kids are literally just their parents are like, you're an actor now? It's like, yeah. alright. Yeah. I suppose we'll talk about that afterwards. It's know. like baby, fair enough kids. The babies are you're like, What the hell? like like there is no there's no greater commodity in Hollywood than twin babies yeah because labor laws they can only work for so long so you have to get twins so they look the same but also so you can obey labor laws so if you're living in Los Angeles and you just had twins you you, that's that's bankable you make money out of those kids yeah a lot of them as you say it's that kind of cliche of being pushed into by their parents to be money makers or to live vicariously through them because they weren't stars but you can uh, effed them up pretty badly anyway charlie who was jack and hook returned to the screen just once in can't hardly wait uh released in 1998 before leaving hollywood for good he graduated from mit with a degree in physics and earned a law degree from yale so he was more successful than me and as a child and now he's a smart person yep life isn't fair Charlie went on to work for the Environmental Protection Agency, which is a bit uh, of a joke at the moment. It doesn't exist. Trump, climate change isn't real. Way. He also worked for... Winter exists, therefore global warming cannot. He also worked for the US House of Representatives uh, for the House Policy and Homeland Security Committee. So he's a a, a, a big time guy. I would say he's a smart guy, but that's an entirely different child actor. Yeah, he's not featured in this list, by the way. (laughs) Do, 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 do. The most recent news about Charlie said he's been serving as an associate professor at the Case Western Reserve University School of Law in Cleveland. (sighs) What's wrong? These people are successful. It's upsetting me. (laughs) They've had two successful lives. So next on our list, Gar, is Anna Chlumsky, who was Veda. Chlumsky. It's a hard word. It's Chlumsky. Chlumsky. Who was Veda in My Girl. I haven't seen My Girl. But you know who the girl is. You can't picture her? No. Anyway, this will be less of an ah moment for you. But anyway, she took a six-year hiatus from acting between 1999 and 2005. I presume to go to college or whatever. (laughs) Half of life. (laughs) I assume to set up backup plans in her life like a responsible adult. Her career is better than ever these days, though. Starting in 2012, she starred in the HBO series Veep as Amy Bruckheimer. Do you like Veep? I haven't seen it. I, I I think Veep was very good, but you get tired of it. Have you seen Veep? So she was I've seen like four seasons of Veep. She's chief of staff to... Yeah, but I know, I know yeah. a club. chumps, so whatever. She earned three consecutive Emmy nominations for that role. I feel like Veep gets Emmy nominations it doesn't deserve just because it's like a HBO sitcom. Yeah, in fact, the Emmys were in disarray this year because Veep is gone and there was no Veep to nominate. So they're like, who do we give awards to? I don't know. <laughs> we have to give it to other comedies? Next on our list, Gar, is Eldon Henson... Who was Fulton Reed, one half of the Bash brothers in the Mighty Ducks franchise? Yeah. Most recently, Elden stars as Foggy Nelson in the Netflix original series Daredevil. Is that an anonymous figure? No, I remember. I, this, this is the one I actually knew. Yeah, his face. <laughs> He's also part of the Hunger Games franchise. Who cares about that? Uh, but Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool. Daredevil, which is actually a good show for. I haven't watched the most recent season. I think the most recent season people actually like it too. It's, one, it's the one Netflix Marvel show that's actually stayed consistently good, as opposed to the rest of them were actually quite bad. I gave up on it halfway through the second season after they burned off the Punisher thing which I thought should have been the, think, the climax of the season should have been the entire season and mm-hmm. then there was a lot of him being a lawyer and I'm like I, I, actually, I actually like the lawyer bit I like the idea that this is a a, a, a nice little legal drama coupled with it, him punching people in the face <laughs> I just want to see him be Daredevil which yeah I'm, uh, Daredevil I think uh, people like the Punisher as well but I think the rest of it is rubbish I didn't even I, I don't even think the first season of Jessica Jones is that good but anyway is that still around? I think like but it's funny two, it was Iron Fist that was cancelled and Luke Cage both of those are gone I like the the people made the joke was it's, it's consistent with the Marvel Universe then that half of them were snuffed out yeah but uh, uh, Disney's starting their streaming service next year so some people are, are cynically believing that Disney are lining up these shows for their own streaming service makes sense which by the way that Disney streaming service like if they break out like all the Disney Channel shows and all their old cartoons and obviously the heavy hitters like Marvel, Star Wars and the original content That's gonna be damn it, Disney! Why do you own so much? Ah! (laughs) Disney Plus is gonna be like probably the top streaming service in the world Mm. by default. Next guy is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Speaking of The Lion King, he played Randy Taylor in Home Improvement, one of the sons, and he also played young Simba in The Lion King. I I think The Lion King is a worse film in the second half at adult Simba, probably because this uh, Jonathan Jonathan Taylor Thomas did a good job. Yeah, he was a busy child star guy. He was in a lot of kind of movies. He became a teen heartthrob. And then the massive amount of G- JTT was his uh, moniker. Admiration was a bit too much. So he kind of chose to opt out. He just wanted to have a normal life. So he got, like, this is a common trend on this list. He just left Hollywood. I'm done with this shit. He resurfaced in recent years in episodes of Last Man Standing alongside his home improvement dad, Tim Allen. So, oh, and I, I like th- when shows do that. And weirdly enough, uh, JTT actually looks quite a lot like Tim Allen. So it was a good casting choice. Hmm probably actually secretly tell Allen's son yeah his illegitimate son and then he gave him a job just to, 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 sh- sh- to shut the, 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 the it's like I'll expose you it's like alright I'll put him on my TV show <laughs> it's like it's a form of alimony yeah next Gary Henry Thomas from who played Elliot in E.T. I have a confession to make Ken you haven't seen E.T. either I've never seen E.T. you know who the kid is though I'm assuming no <laughs> the kid with the red hoodie you know with no, the bike I've never seen E.T. <laughs> obviously he's nowhere near as successful as his on-screen sister Drew Barrymore but he's still amassed uh, an impressive resume over the years he's in Legends of the Fall, that's a film that people know, All the Pretty Horses, never heard of it, mm-hmm. Gangs of New York, I've heard of that and Dear John, which is that film with, I think it's Channing Tatum isn't it? I don't know I don't know, it's one of those rom-coms <laughs> Henry and actress Marie Ziki Ziki, yeah Ziki I'm going to say With whom he he shared a daughter, Tied a Knot, in 2004, but they've since separated. Like any true Hollywood relationship. Lately, he's had stints on shows like Better Things and Grip and Electric, both of which I have also never heard of. Yeah, none of these are real. He just put them on his IMDB page to seem like he's a legitimate actor. I think you're going to enjoy this next one, Garrett. It's Jake Lloyd, who played Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars The Phantom Menace. The poor child. (laughs) Yeah. he was probably like one of the most reviled child actors he was also Jamie in Jingle All The Way oh he was too and he was so bad I'm sorry yeah he, he's just so bad because like Mark Hamill was not quite a child actor but like a relative. he was completely unknown when he went into the the first Star Wars I think Mark Hamill worked out even though I don't think people love his portrayal of Luke Skywalker back in the day but yeah now, it didn't work for Jake Lloyd did it <laughs> didn't work out for the guy that came after him either mm. I forget his name, but this is telling. Anyway, unfortunately, over time, his career didn't go so well. And recently, after leading police on a high-speed chase, he was sent to jail for 10 months, and later was sent to a psychiatric facility. Good for him. No, no. Quite sad. Quite sad. (laughs) If you didn't bully him for not liking the Phantom Menace, none of this would have happened. This is the bummer section of the... the uh, I noticed you've right included a lot of people. Yeah. We're on the homework stretch, Out The next one I is... I think you've also left out the most famous child star of all time. Okay, I'll let you get to that after I finish my own. All or, right. Go, go, no, actually, go for it. Hail Josman? Yeah? He's the most famous child actor of all time. He is, but, like, I went for more for ones that you couldn't find easily about what happened to them, because he still acts and stuff like he that. He still does the voice of Sora in Kingdom Hearts. He does, and he still... Like, he's in movies recently, so he's not hard to find. And the other one is Macaulay Culkin, but obviously. Yeah, his, his train wreck of uh, post-Hollywood life has been well documented. Listen, he was on Raw once, doing yeah. a Home Alone skit with Hornswoggle. I think it worked out. It worked out great. Brian Bonselgar uh, who you'll only know from the film Blank Jack. I don't remember this child. T- I've, I've seen Blank Jack, like, 15 times, and I can't picture this child. <laughs> Yeah, basically, it's about a kid who gets run over by a mob boss who gives him a blank check for his bike that he mangles. Yeah, and, and it's like one million dollars, and then he gets he, a lot out of that million dollars. Yeah, he uses his hacking skills—I'm doing air quotes here—to uh, to basically commit fraud and alter the check for one million dollars, and yeah, he gets a mansion. He gets like he gets way more than he should be able to. Even in the nineties, a million dollars wouldn't have gone that far. Yeah, this kid, this kid is living in some kind of dream world, but. uh... Sad news for him as well, Gar. He left Hollywood in 1995, and then he tried to become a punk musician, which didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, he found himself in police custody for DUI, assault, and possession of marijuana, amongst other charges. And most recently, he's serving two years probation for a third-degree assault. Well, this went well for him. Yeah, maybe if he had a real blank check in the 90s, it would have been fine. If you should Google him as well, he's one of those people that got like loads of tattoos, and he's got tattoos all the way up his neck and stuff like that. Sure. Next, Garrett, one that you requested specifically, so I put it in here. Bradley Michael Pierce, three names, there you go, who was Peter in Jumanji and the original voice of Chip in Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Was he Peter in the television version of Jumanji too? Don't know. You didn't do any research. First here, Google him. He has not aged well. He's only 36 and he looks completely different. He did, he looks completely different than he was when he was like eight on this film. I like. <laughs> he looks like he's in his late 40s, though. So that was my point. Alright. He spent the majority of recent years lending his voice to many video games, including Kingdom Hearts 2, the Lego movie video game, and Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, while also voicing Nibs in Return to Neverland, which was like that direct-to-video Peter Pan sequel. There's like seven of them, though. Yeah. He launched his own production company, ZFO Entertainment, with fellow actor. J. Paul something. Not Jake Paul. I think I cut off the that guy's name. Anyway, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Apparently he's uh, received several awards and commendations over the years for his philanthropy so he sounds like a nice guy. And he's trying to build his company and he's also producing some short films which didn't go anywhere. Mm. Uh, he's had three kids. That's good for him. And he's managed to carve out uh, some time out of his busy schedule to return to the screen. Gar, he's come back to acting uh, for an appearance in the 2017 film, Deacon. What's that film about? No idea. <laughs> I expected you to have an extensive knowledge of all of these people, Ken. If Gar sounds like he's far away, he's away from the mic trying to get at one of his devices because he's an addict. Well, no, it's because we're going to Pokemon and I want my phone to be charged because it's on 1% battery. Sorry, Ken, I want to be contactable in case I'm attacked in the streets yeah fun fact Gar the actor that played his sister Julie in Jumanji went on to become Kristen Dunst who has also done nothing well she had a good, <laughs> she's had a good career she was in Spider-Man and now Gar for the main event okay the, the kids from Jurassic Park dun, 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 is one of them a dinosaur no that's disappointing starting with Joseph Mazzello who was Tim the kid, the male kid, Mm -hmm. in Jurassic Park. In recent years, he starred as Eugene Sledgehammer Sledge in the HBO miniseries The Pacific, which is quite famous. In 2010, Mazzello played Dustin who one of the co-founders of Facebook in the film The Social Network. So that's pretty big credit. And the one would blow your mind, he also starred as John Deacon in, in the 2008 Queen biopic Bohemian Rhapsody. Who's John Deacon? One of the former members of Queen. Oh, 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 good for him! Yeah, he's not in the film very long, but yeah, main cast though, not bad. Ariana Richards, who played Lex in Jurassic Park, the female kid. <laughs> the female? <laughs> she's she left Hollywood pretty early on. She's gone on to become somewhat of a successful artist. Her paintings, usually of landscapes and figures, tend to be in the style of the impressionists. Have you have you seen any of them? Nope. Oh, I was gonna ask you, are they good? I remember seeing a bit on E where they're like where is she now and she was an artist and I saw one of her one of the shite th- yeah rubbish well apparently she wins awards and she's like but did, I don't care what other people think and what do you think of her art what What do you think the meaning of her art is shite oh good it's her repressed child nature it's like where did my childhood go it went to Jurassic Park curse you Steven Spielberg she also had a brief music career in the early 90s and 15 years later she returned briefly she is her finger in a music. lot of pies doesn't she Yeah, September 2008, she released a couple of singles as well. Did you listen to them? I did not. You did no research for this segment. Poor research, Gar. That's it, Gar. Uh, It's kind of a mixed bag. Some of them are still working in some capacity. Some of them went on to become quite successful. Some of them kind of just shied away from the world altogether. Mm. Uh, You could continue this segment on for years and years, because there's so many of them. Yeah, so I say Hook Kid and... Jurassic Park kid. Both did pretty well for themselves. Not bad at all. They're still doing okay. (laughs) And what's funny as well, I was going to mention, that some of these obscure stars who kind of faded into the blackness have become more relevant in recent years as our generation come of age because they can do the circuits on the... Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Comic-Cons and the... the, I can see. Yeah. (laughs) This is a, is a, a podcast arc, Ken. My eyes is better... Clearly, talking to you people has has healed me. Thank you. There has our podcast hug or podcast glow, if you will. Get the fuck out of you. my house. <laughs> but it's funny. It's it's like people who are like long since irrelevant have become relevant again just because you know nerds like us want to get an autograph from them. There. Yeah, you were the kid in that film I liked, and they're like fifteen dollars, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you got to make a living. Uh, yeah, but it's kind of sad in these ways because a lot of as we said a lot of these kids didn't have a choice they didn't choose that life you know like any parent that says oh they love it they love it they really want to be an actor it's their passion." like kids don't have passions first of all they're not old enough to have passions mm. and it can lead to some really horrible places as with Anakin Skywalker and that kid from Blancheck. yeah so and you know there's lots of examples of ones that aren't even with us anymore you know so yeah that's it. That's, that's people who are more successful than us who are judging for not being successful for their entire life. Exactly. How dare you give up the chance of a lifetime in Hollywood and go back to a normal life or <laughs> become be forced a, into a normal life? or whatever that kid did. Gah. Do you know what became of other famous child stars that disappeared from the public consciousness? You can share their stories on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. I'm always interested to hear what became of these people and if their lives are are total car crashes now Ken just likes judging people yeah I do it's well it's a human thing everyone likes judging people whether they admit it or not and if you're a person of few words you can share your findings on Twitter where can they find us on Twitter Gar? at TWSKK okay child stars that's all we have for you this week thank you as always for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast you can find a new episode every weekend at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. And that's where you'll also find our other show, Podcast a Week, which Gar has <laughs> promised to release. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry, Gar. Oh. And uh, you'll also find the entire back catalogue of the weekend show and some other bits and pieces that we've done over the years. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud so you never miss any of the podcasts on the TWS network. Speaking of which, if you want people to know about the podcast, if you just can't keep it to yourself and you need all your friends and family to listen, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You'll find our feed under TWS Network. In appreciation, we will make your firstborn child a wildly successful child star. Warning, stardom may result in child's life being ruined and a potentially tragic early demise. Next week, we review the latest movie in the rebooted Pokemon cinematic canon, The Power of Us, before discussing the evolution of the brand over the last two decades by comparing the recent second coming of Pokémon to its first explosion in the early 90s, with the release of the original series and the first movie. Can I just say something, Ken? Yep. You did this in one take. I'm so proud of you. Kara, we're not finished yet. (laughs) Don't jinx me. We were brought to you this week by our sponsor, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. See it before it becomes the completely ordinary Tower of Pisa. The Tower of Pisa on the floor now. Our theme music is by Blue Wild Productions. And until next time, did it. Say goodbye, girl. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody.